0: so welcome to the first ever episode of the behind the touchline podcast my name is george i'm a new aspiring agent and with me i have takumi i hope i'm pronouncing that right yeah (laughs) i have takumi with me he's an agent with a and b sports did i pronounce that right too yeah exactly there we go. So, a pleasure having you on. Um, I know it's kind of been complicated with the technology nowadays, but hey, man, thanks for being on today.
1: No problem. It's a pleasure. And uh, I didn't know that I was the first ever uh, guest. So, <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, um, I've been trying to, you know, messaging people around the industry and stuff. Um, so, that not just want to have agents on, but also want to have, you know, people from all over, you know, coaches, scouts, you name it. It could be people that cook for the players. It can be anyone. You know, I just want to really like, Bring a new perspective into the sport because I don't see it now in the current moment. So you know, just want to you know meet new people and you know have interesting stories that they have to share.
1: No problem at all. It's a pleasure. Uh, you know, it's amazing to see that you you are trying to launch a, a new business as agent. So anywhere I can help. Uh, i would do it
0: yeah for sure, so I was looking at your back background I saw it on the actually on the agency website you actually have a uh, you're Japanese and french correct
1: yeah so I'm born and raised in paris uh, in france of course and uh, but my mom is Japanese and uh, so I actually played in japan uh, in i think when I was fifteen or sixteen uh, in the j league club uh, academy okay. And, uh, and then I went back to France. And then when I was 19, I, I came in America uh, to play college soccer.
0: That's awesome. So do you come over through a scholarship, was it?
1: Yes, yeah, so I was actually just playing with my under-19 team in France. And, you know, someone came to, to talk to us and offer to come in America, you know, just explain the system to, you know, study and uh, play soccer on the side and having soccer financing the. The school i right. guess and uh you know the time in france i didn't have much i wasn't playing you know i would never play for phd or something I knew <laughs> it. and uh, even school-wise you know I, I was a bit um i was really confused about what to do after high school so when the guy came i was you know i was like all right let's do it let's try and you know worst case you know i'll just learn english and come back home so
0: That's awesome. What was that transition like for you coming to the US? Like, was it like overwhelming for you at first or what was that experience like?
1: Honestly, I was really happy, Uh, you know, from day one, I knew it was um, the place for me to be. you know, playing soccer and studying, you know, the weather was nice. It's all I ever wanted, so <laughs> I was really happy, and, uh, you know, I made friends right away. Luckily, there was a couple of French people in the in the team that I joined, um, and the team was full of uh, internationals as well, so I still had this feel of, you know, back home right, right. in America, so it was fine, and, uh, and soccer was fun as well, so... Everything everything worked out.
0: No, for sure. And how have you seen that evolve? So, like, do you see a lot more international players coming over here through scholarships to play college in the U.S.?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, I think it's a, it's a trend, not even a trend now, because it's uh, something that's, you know, conventional almost right. Uh, right. around guess, the world. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, when you're in an academy, no matter where in the world, you know, in a team of 20 players, for example, maybe one or two will will make it to the pro team and the rest will end up playing in, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth division in their country Uh, and, you know, trying to work on the side and with the hope to get back uh, to maybe make it to the pro level one day. And, you know, someone call you one day, offer you to come in America and, you know, you can get a, get a degree that's recognized all over the world and play at a good level and, and maybe, you know, get drafted to the MLS or sign in USL, you know, it's, it's a great project. So I think there's more and more players that are going to come uh, for sure. It's yeah, a, a good opportunity.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and so how do you view the college level right now? Because I know there's like a lot of discrepancies where, you know, players don't know whether they should go to college or, right, to go play, you know, in a D1 school, D2, D3, you have that route. And you also have the route, you know, semi-pro, and then you have, you know, the pro USL one, uh, USL championship, and of course, MLS here in the U.S. So how do you kind of view, you know, the college level versus, uh, let's say, those lower leagues even? Uh,
1: well, I think, you know, first, the college soccer is, uh, is very different on the men's and women's side. Uh, on the men's side you know when you compare it on the on the global scale of soccer you know when you compare to the european top leagues or the mls and all that the level is obviously very low uh, if you compare to that when on the women's side you know those top teams like you know stanford or unc uh, they could probably compete in a you know in french d1 or you know good european leagues Uh, so that that's the first difference and uh, to answer your question i think you know the college system is it's great and uh, but the thing is that you only play four months a year uh, if your team make it all the way to the national and on top of that you know you play two months and a half in the summer in, in pdl or usl two now and um so it could be good for short term development, like maybe if you mentioned like Jack Harrison, he did one right. semester at Wake Forest and I'm sure he improved a lot and some other players, it's good to see one year or two year, but four years in college from 18 to 22, uh, I feel like it might not be uh, easy.
0: Right, right. yeah, Yeah, for sure. For sure. I definitely agree with you there. Um, and then, so going back to, what we were talking about, you know, you're, you obviously played in college, I assumed you even you know, played for, for four years. So how did your role to becoming an agent come to be?
1: Well, so I was in my, uh, in my junior year and, uh, I was at UNLV, uh, University of Nevada in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, I, could, I think from day one, I quickly realized that, you know, getting in the MLS would be hard for me that, you know, I will not be the number one pick of the draft, going to LA Galaxy like everyone dream. So from the moment, you know, I I decided I always knew that I wanted to work in soccer. That's that's one thing that was sure. Um, I could not be a professional player. I don't like coaching. Uh, so the, the last thing is uh, wait, is it lagging? Can you hear me?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I can hear you good. I can hear you good.
1: Okay, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, so, yeah, I could not be a pro player. I could not be a coach. So the last thing was to work on the business side of soccer. And, uh, and luckily, you know, I, I had a good connection with, uh, with the people who are my bosses now, uh, you know, who helped me to find a new school and all that. And that was when, right when they started on the, the pro side of the agency. Uh, so, you know, we got in touch, we discussed, and uh, I guess I joined the, the adventure. Uh, so that was yeah four years ago almost. And, uh, you know, also I was still in school. So I was, you know, balancing school, soccer, and uh, being an agent as well. So I think I did my first deal uh, at 21. Uh, it was two women's players from PSG to, to Fiorentina in Italy. That was fun. And um, yeah, I think it, uh, it wasn't necessarily meant to be to me an agent, <laughs> but it came naturally. Uh, it was my way to stay involved in soccer.
0: No, for sure. And, and then that's a great point that you made, because I think that's why a lot of people, like when they come into, you know, you know whether they want to become a scout eventually or an agent, it's the matter that they want to stay in touch with the sport, right? It's this passion for the sport. Because like you've told me before, you're probably not going to see money, especially when you're starting out within the first few years. It's it's not realistic, right? So you have to have a passion for the sport and definitely want to be involved in some capacity other than just simply, oh, we make money like you see the super agents make or, you know, you see Ronaldo's agent, et cetera, making millions of dollars. And you're like, oh, I want to be that. But that's not really an, a realistic approach, right? Well, sure. I mean,
1: you know, those guys, you know, the one that you're mentioning, the super agent, they've been around for decades, literally. Uh, So, yeah, it's probably not realistic for someone to expect uh, making money from day one as agent. Uh, Luckily, I I was still in college. I had my soccer scholarship. So, you know, I wasn't necessarily counting on the the agent job to support myself for the, the first few months or the first year or so and uh you know i think we we were able to develop the agency well uh, and you know I, I was able to make it a full-time by the time i, I graduated with my bachelor um so yeah that's kind of the, the story of, uh, <laughs> of an agent
0: no that's a great story and again you know everyone has their own path and their own story so again this is awesome you know getting different perspectives from you and now going back to like you mentioned women's soccer you know when you need a comparison rather between the men's and women's side how have you seen well first of all let me ask how is the women's side currently right now in the sport
1: i think you know uh depends on the, on the country obviously in america it's you know well developed uh, young girls naturally play soccer it's, it's something very natural that's probably due to you know the Title Nine uh, back in the days that allowed you know equality between mm-hmm. gender and all that. Uh, in Europe, it's uh, it's definitely getting better, and um, Europe, but also Asia. Uh, you know, Japan, China, it's developing a lot. Uh, you know, Japan is actually creating a women's pro league uh, next year, and. Um, you know, the, the women's soccer is, I guess, enjoying the overflow of money in women's, uh, in men's soccer. Uh, and it's good to see, you know, all the top clubs in Europe, you know, the Chelsea's, Lyon, all that, using a bit of the, you know, the, the money made on the, the men's side, uh, you know, to support the women's team uh, successfully, actually. For those clubs and um i think you know it's becoming more something normal for you know us to play soccer all around the world and that that's what that's what women's soccer need you know they need new you know more players more fans more people involved in women's soccer since their young age but i think it's on the right way uh, obviously it's probably never going to be on the same scale as men's soccer but if it can eventually become sustainable on its own just a business on its own it's a it it will be good
0: no yeah for sure and not only that but again like you've seen just the marketing grow as well on the women's side like you see like all those you know like i'm on instagram a lot so i see like a lot of bleacher report posts and stuff like that you see them promoting a lot of the women's side you know showing more highlights of women's games and clubs because to be honest with you, 10 years ago, you, that was non-existent, right? You you didn't see any of that stuff being marketed, being shown on sh- social media, none of it. But now you've seen that grown. We're getting to learn more about the women's side, you know, not just from the club standpoint, from an individual standpoint. So I think that's very big and, you know, being able to help the women's game grow, you know, five, ten years from now even.
1: I definitely agree. I think, you know clubs need to invest and they are doing it and uh, but it's also brand uh, brand and you know newspaper medias uh, just to spread awareness and you know for example you see the, the goal uh, last time they released the ranking you know the 25 best men's player but they also put the women's player so that that's part of spreading awareness you know hey you know there is those players there is those individuals who, who are also Professional uh, players at the high level, and uh, you know, going to talk about them. And I, I, I think it's um, like you said, ten years ago, it wasn't the case. Uh, now it's the case. It's probably going to be even more the case in ten years, and it's going to become something normal over the time.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's what we all hope, right? Uh, especially on the agency side as well. Uh, So what's it like? So have you worked with men's or or do you primarily focus on the women's side of the, uh, you know, when dealing with football players?
1: You know, we started, uh, I think our first uh, deal was uh, a women's player. And, uh, you know, we were able to get uh, the women's ballon d'or, the first ever women's ballon d'or in 2018. Uh, So obviously, you know, women's uh, has been uh, a real focus for us. Uh, well, first, because we enjoy it, uh, because we want to support uh, uh, the women's player, and they really need uh, people to protect their interest. Uh, because you know they don't make multimillions like men's player, and you know they really need uh, someone to, to back them up uh, during the negotiation. Uh, but you know, of course, uh, you know um, I played men's soccer, um, mm-hmm. so. Of course, I I happen to be involved in uh, in many deals in men's soccer. Uh, so as agency, yeah, you know, for now, priority uh, our focus has been on women's soccer. But we, you know, we are always open to to the good business as well on uh, on all side of uh, of soccer.
0: Yeah, for sure, you have to keep your open mind, and again, that was cool too. Another thing because I really haven't seen like. I was on your you know on your agency's website and then an instagram even and you just see it promoting a lot of women's so again that's really good for the women's uh side of the game because you're seeing that's actually growing and having an impact again monetary as well right uh the value of their prices are going up which means more money for everyone involved
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you know I- I think the, the, the industry is changing. Clubs are able to offer big salaries uh, in Europe and even now in, in NWSL. So I, I think it's good for everyone. And, uh, and we are really happy to be, to be a small part of, of the development of, uh, of women's soccer around the world.
0: Yeah. And then, so is there any difference between like, let's say scouting a women's game or a particular player versus scouting a man in a particular game? Or is it sort of the same thing? Not at
1: all. I mean, soccer is soccer, you know. Uh, soccer is soccer. If a clubs tell you that they need this sort of player, let's say, um, you know, athletic player who's good at winning headers, I mean, you can watch a men's or women's player. It's the same thing. You are looking for the same profile. Uh, obviously, you know, there is, uh, there is difference between men's and women's soccer. You know, uh, men's soccer is much more athletic and... Uh, that's, you know much more quick and all that, uh, but when you scout a player at the end, you are just looking for a good player uh, for the level, and um, yeah, that's what we look for. And, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. I would I would agree with you there. It's the same. It should be the same. Um, I also want to ask you, like, if you have any stories you'd like to share as far as you know, any struggles you've had, you know, with being agent. Like, oh, for example, with dealing with a club, you had a very bad experience. Or maybe even a positive experience, you know, like. It could be like whether you know it could be you had a bad transfer one time or something, a deal didn't go through, someone did you dirty. It could be anything along the lines there. Anything that you want to share? Well, you know what's
1: good in this job is that every every day I wake up and uh, and I'm wondering what's gonna happen, <laughs> <during> the <day. laughs> uh, because there's always a, a story. I guess on the positive, you know, it's it's all the signing that we've we've done, but my. Probably my first deal in Fiorentina was uh, was amazing because I was able to travel there. Uh, you know, I was back home in France for the summer on a school break, and you know, I brought two players, you know, from France to there. And you know, you the first time you are impressed. You know, they come pick you up at the court, you, you the stadium, to the the office, and all that. Uh, so it, um, I mean, you know, you, you never forget it. It's a uh, it was good and the players actually did well because they played in champions league and it was rewarding to, to see them, I guess, change their life uh, somehow. And so that was a, that was very positive. And obviously there, there is some deals, uh, some, the draft is always a fun to be at the draft, uh, especially I think the, yeah, the last two years we had think uh, three of the top five peak or something like that each year. So it, they were good drafts for us as well and, and it's amazing to to be there to see the moment where your player literally turned pro at that moment and especially you know some of them were not expecting uh, like jordan di She she's a player who was at stanford and she she wasn't expecting to, to be drafted high and she ended up being drafted the number three pick wow. and, uh, so and yeah, now she, she plays for the Washington Spirit. She's been called up with the U.S. national team. So it, it, it's a, it's so nice to see the journey, uh, you know, because when we get in touch with them first, they just finish their college career. They are a bit unsure about what's ahead, and you know, you look back a couple of years later, and you know, you're like, yeah, you know, we we did a good job so far, and it's fun. So. I guess that's it's always amazing to to help players and see them succeed
0: no that's amazing to And again like i've I've heard that from a lot of people i've talked to as well you know their agents or have been an agent for a while they said like the most the most common uh response i've gotten is that their favorite part of it is you know seeing that journey right so especially for new agents too right you're growing you're literally growing with the players right you're following yeah. through the career and then you're growing as well so that's definitely something I look. I definitely look forward to in the future. You know, trying to help as many people as I can and helping them grow as well. I think that's very, very rewarding at the end.
1: Totally agree, and you know, I, I think that's uh, it's good that you do a podcast like that because hopefully it can change the perception of uh, of agent because you know we always have this image of bad guys who are greedy for money and all that. But it's probably the case for some agent. You know, I, I, I'm not saying it's not, but I think most of agent they you know, it's a passion for them. They want to help players, and obviously, you know, if money comes, it's it's always important. You know, obviously, that's that's what uh, paying our bills, and you know, that's right. what our daily job. So there is always the money component, but moreover, you know, I, I would probably not do that just for the money. You know, it's uh, it's good to see the players grow, and like you said, um, the, we help the player grow, but they help us grow as well. And, uh, you know, there's some players who were with us, you know, four years ago, kind of when we started. And, you know, four years later, we are in a, in a good position in the industry and they are still with us. And they grew as well. And uh, it, it's always good to look back and see the, the journey.
0: Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with you there. And it's funny that you mentioned about the reputation of agents, right? Because I see that a lot through social media, through everything. Oh, agents are always taking all the money, all they want, the greed the money. But again, like you said, that's probably just maybe those top people or maybe other people as well that, you know, are just in it for the money or make us seem greedy. But in reality, that's not the case. Because again, and I think that's where we get into trouble too, because there could be young agents that don't understand that, hey, listen, it's not just about the money and then they don't have another job. So they, you know, they're trying to make ends meet. So they try to, you know, scam people with that. I think that's, I think honestly, that's where a lot of people get into trouble because, you have to understand that you might have to have another job and not quit your job and just start you know, uh, trying to sign players and make transactions happen. That's not the way it works.
1: For sure. I mean, you know, when you're an agent, you, are, you don't have anyone paying you a monthly salary. Uh, you know, you, I mean, if you don't bring any money, you, you, don't have a, you can't pay your bills. So uh, it's important to know that it's a, it's a tough business. A lot of people are trying to get in and give up after a year or two. Just because you know they haven't been able to to succeed Uh, but you know if if you really like it you you should be able to make it work and nothing forces anyone to be a full-time agent from day one you know like you said you can have a daily day job and but that allows you some flexibility and you know you use your your free time to Instead of playing PlayStation, you can <laughs> try to, to develop your, your business uh, as agent on the side. And but yeah, to, to get back on what you're saying, you know, you know, some people are trying to scam uh, players. That's what it is in everywhere. You know, there's good and bad people. And you know, the media tend to just report the, the one bad story uh, within the 100 good stories. And um, and you know, talking about the big agent who make you know multimillions, um, that's their job. They don't do anything not legal. They get the commission on the contract they negotiate, and the reason they are able to get that is because their players get even more money uh, on the contract they negotiate. So you know, if an agent gets good money, it means he did a good job because he negotiated a good a good contract.
0: No, that's exactly right at the, end of the day. Uh, it's not the agent's fault that the club's willing to pay that money, right? It's not at all. So, again, just like you said, uh, all our reputations should not be tarnished. We are good people <laughs> for the most part.
1: Yeah, we try to. <laughs> we try to. And, um, you know, honestly, I've seen some bad agents. You know, it's it's just the way it is. And it's not specific to soccer. It's just that soccer is a very... Um, you know the media love to talk about soccer you see soccer everywhere everyone talked about it so you know it's just on the on the bigger scale uh, one day there's a bad story but i'm sure you can go to the grocery store of the of the neighborhood and you probably hear some bad employees it's, it's like everything so
0: yeah exactly right yeah that's exactly right and so where do you see yourself 10 years from now do you have any future goals aspirations you know aside from what you are doing now like what what's your end game
1: here? Uh, you know, just enjoying the the, the job. You know, <laughs> having fun every day. Uh, the most important is uh, is to you know be be happy to wake up in the morning, be happy with your job. And then so far, we are. Uh, you know, obviously, the we want the agency to to keep growing, keep developing, helping more players. You know, be able to work with. You know, keep working. I guess with the best athlete in the world, and um, I think we'll be happy if, uh, if in ten years, you know, the, the women's industry uh, grew. That we grew as well. Our players grew, and uh, I guess that's the job. You know, um, just enjoying life every day. That's the most
0: important. No, I, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. There's so much, especially this year. What a year it was, right? And just trying to really, you know, enjoy and be grateful for what we have now and, and enjoy those moments and enjoy the journey. It's, I think it's very important, especially what we went through. Well, a lot of people went through this year.
1: Totally, you know, I think a year like that uh, makes us realize that we are really lucky to do the job that we do. Uh, just because obviously clubs have been affected, but we still have, we are still able to work. Players still need to sign new contracts to transfer teams and all that. So you know for the world it's been a a, a bit of an unconventional year but for we've been able to work and uh you know i know a lot of friends and and others in different industries who who lost their job you know uh, who who are struggling now so um, i guess a year like now just makes you realize you know give you a bit uh, of a of reality check on what the priority is in life. And um, yeah, it's, it's tough for everyone, but you know, just trying to deal with it. And uh, I guess we are, once again, we are really fortunate that our industry has been affected, but not enough to, for us to, to stop working
0: no i completely agree to come you hit it hit it right in the head there that's exactly right you know just being grateful you know being grateful to be, be able to work and pursue whatever you want to pursue and then hopefully things come back to normal soon right that's the hope for across every industry just not you know the sports because um in the sports industry everyone's been hit very hard but, you know hopefully we're able to see you know full capacity again and get things back on track
1: so agree i hope so um, i heard that they found the vaccine so Maybe it's for soon. For Who knows? Um, you know, so soccer will... There will always be soccer. That's the good thing. Uh, soccer is too loud in the world to ever stop. Uh, so, you know, happy to watch some soccer uh, every day. And uh, yeah, I really hope it gets back to normal because the way it affects us, to jump on another topic, is that we are not really able to travel everywhere. Yeah. So it's it, it, it's a bit harder, you know, to, for example, you want to sign a new player, you can't fly there to, to meet in person. So it's affecting us uh, as well. And you can't go meet clubs, watch games. And um, that's what we enjoy, you know. So, yeah, hopefully it gets back to normal.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I do have one more question for you. It's kind of off topic, but what would you say is your, the most embarrassing song you have on your playlist?
1: The most embarrassing song? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. You, I just want to make it a little fun, you know. Andrew? I think it's a it's a Barbie girl. What was it called? Barbie girl. Oh, Barbie girl. All right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I have it since I'm young, you know, it's a it's a cool song to listen some.
0: No, it is. It's it's very catchy. I agree with you. It's definitely a catchy song.
1: Oh, you know, you're in your car. You know, it's uh, in the summer. It's a it's a good song. <laughs>
0: Hey, well, Takumi, thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate you coming on. You're my first guest. So, you know, I know this is a little last minute, but again, thank you so much. I truly appreciate you coming on. It was great to speak to you. And then I don't know if you have any last thoughts and you can, you know, say anything you want.
1: Oh, you know, it's a, thank you very much for having me. It's it's an honor. And, uh, you know, I know that you are starting out in the the business and uh, don't give up. And uh, like I said, it it should be a passion. And... uh, and if you really believe uh, in what you're doing if you really love it uh, and you're not you're know, you not giving up eventually it's going to it's going to pay off uh, It can take you know it can take a month it can take a year it can take two or three years but if you do a good job and you know you work hard on a daily basis it will probably be um, some good thing will happen at the end Chris. So, yeah all right thank you thank you very
0: much See
1: you.